welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Richard Dotson, here with my co-host, Matt O'Hara. Hey, Hey, Matt. What's going on, man? Ah, just in the middle of the Scott Fishbowl draft. How's your draft going? It's going, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, I'm significantly farther ahead than you. so Yeah, I'm in one of those slow drafts. Every year, Scott Fishbowl finds me to be in the slow draft. Hey, you have an eight-hour time limit? Yeah, I'll take seven. <laughs> Curses. 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 Indeed. Hey, hey, you have back-to-back picks? You know what? I'm just going to make one, and I'll make the next one in like five hours. Yep. I got to really think about hey, you this. Gotta think th- you got to think some things over, man. Yeah, I'm only four picks in. You're about, what, seven? Uh, yeah, I'm, jealous. I'm cruising. Yeah, jealous. We'll talk about it though more when the when it's over because I don't want uh, somebody might listen in and steal some strategy. Exactly. Plus, we don't want to bore people with a slow draft. Yeah, and people are like, "I'm not in Scott Fishbowl. I don't give a rat's ass what you're doing over there, buddy." Tell me about the AFC West because that's why I tuned in. The title on the podcast said, "Hey, AFC West Dynasty Breakdown by Rich Dotson and Matt O'Hara." I'm really more interested in see what Matt's going to say than Rich, but that's okay. That's okay. I'm going to talk anyways. I mean, that's just the general consensus out there. Yeah, that's fine. I would say. It's amazing. I'm right more than you are, but people love you. I think it's your voice. I think it is. I talk with peanut butter in my mouth, and you have this sultry, beautiful, uh, smoke show radio voice. Hey, man, it is what it is. You are blessed. I am. You're blessed with a good voice, good looks, terrible personality. Hey, man, it happens. (laughs) Can't win them all, right? Can't get everything, right? (laughs) It's always a good look at people that are terrible. (laughs) Dumb as a box of rocks. I do. But um, today we're going to talk about the AFC West. It's our last part of the AFC. Then, of course, just like this week, an episode on Monday you woke up. What was there? Dynasty Nerds Podcast. An extra one. Yeah, and here we are a couple days later on a Wednesday with more podcasts. And guess what? After we record this one, we're going to jump right into the NFC East. We're going from the east side to the west side. I'll be Tupac. You'll be Biggie Smalls. All right. And it's bad for both of us. Yes, it does. <laughs> but that's all right. At least we're together here. So um, before we do that, little news and notes. Yeah. Not much. There. Um, I mean, that yeah. all depends. <laughs> uh, allegations against LaShawn McCoy. Allegations. Um, it's newsworthy that we should at least say it. because. Yeah. And that's, and that's all I want to say. Uh, let, let everything speak for itself. Right now, it's just allegations. We don't know. Um, if they're true, he should go to jail and never play again. And if they're not, that person's a scumbag for doing that to him. So, right. So, from a dynasty perspective, what do you what do you see here? I mean, obviously, if you have Sean McCoy, you're just holding, right? I mean, that's you can't sell now. It's a, it's at a all time low point for him. Um, yeah, coming off his worst, you know, production, you know, carry wise last year. Uh, well, everything we've mentioned over the last couple of months, I've been preaching sell with Sean McCoy literally for months now. But this, I sold him a couple of weeks ago. Right, but this puts a stop to that. I mean, puts a dead stop to it. I had a buddy call me today, said I'm gonna try and sell Lashawn McCoy, and I'm like, you're not gonna be able to sell Lashawn McCoy. You're literally selling him at his all time lowest point in the history of him. I was like, you hold off until September. You wait until week one, week two when he's healthy. He busts out 120 yards with you know 13 receptions, some of those lines, and then you sell. In the meantime, you got to hold tight. No matter what happens, what's going forward, you have to sell. If he's if he's if he's guilty, 
then you go down with the ship because you're not going to get anything right now. Nobody's no. going to give you anything. Nobody's going to take that chance. And then you let that pass. You let that, you know, you it's, let that it's, go by the wayside. It's worth it for the third round pick or whatever that you're going to get for him at this point. Like, yeah. I mean, just hold on to him. It's, it's just worth it. It's worth a hold. It's it, the the third round pick that you're going to get is not going to make or break you next year or anything. So just just hold on to him and hope his he has some sort of return of value. And right now in Buffalo, again, I'm not already big on, on him because of his value in Buffalo as it is, regardless, no suspension, no nothing. But my bold prediction this year, like I said before, and I'm feeling a lot stronger about this as the weeks go on, I'm telling you I have this really strong feeling uh, in my gut, I'm not bust on the crystal balls yet, it's not out of time, right. that LaShawn McCoy gets traded to a team that is going to lose a running back this year. The Bills are going to be in a bad situation. They're going to trade him, and he's going to go somewhere and flourish. Well, for this year. Yeah, well, I mean, that's definitely a possibility. I mean, who knows what the heck with these allegations. If, the if you know, obviously, if the allegations are true, they're going to be looking for a running back themselves because they don't really have much behind them. I mean, who, they have, like, Chris Ivory or something behind them. Yeah, and that's, that's – And that's really about it. So, they, I mean, they might be a candidate for one of these guys that are sitting out on the street like a DeMarco Murray at – a lot of people of are talking about DeMarco Murray. I think DeMarco Murray's done regardless of where he goes, so I'm not really into that. He is going to be 31. Uh, but, again, I mean, these allegations are a lot of different allegations. Not only is he, alleg- you know, the allegations of hitting somebody, um, steroids, drugs, animal abuse. I mean, literally everything. Child abuse as well. And yeah. child abuse. Yeah, there's, it's, there's it's, a lot of serious allegations. There's too. a lot of things in there, and it's just from one person and a random, you know, probably um, energy-fueled, very, like, overwhelmed with – emotion post so but we'll see we I'm will sure, see i'm sure some truth in some of the things going on there but we'll never know right now they're just allegations so in the meantime uh we're not sherlock holmes we're not gonna dive into that we'll let the law figure that out we are gonna break down the afc west we're gonna continue our trip along the roads of these teams here and close out the afc shall we let's do it man let's start off with the kansas city chiefs um, right now we're looking at a depth chart of approximately, you know, Tyree Kill, Sammy Watkins, Chris Conley, Demarcus Robinson, DeAnthony Thomas at wide receiver. At running back, you have Cream Hunt, Tricandrick West, Spencer Ware, Damian Williams. At tight end, you have Travis Kelsey, Demetrius Harris, Tim Wright. And at quarterback, you have Pat Mahomes and Chad Henney. So where do we start? So you know, Pat Mahomes at quarterback in 2017 had one start, week 17, but he came out, looked pretty good. You know, was with the second team offense, essentially still threw for 299 yards, showed his rocket arm, good accuracy there, uh, which is nice. Oh, yeah. Very yeah. high upside dynasty uh, quarterback. They're definitely in a super flex league. Would love to have a lot of Pat Mahomes shares. Um, definitely, man. He's an, he's an up-and-comer. He showed nicely, like you said, in, in the week 17 start that he had last year. I mean, as far as talking about, like, you know, opportunity here. I mean, it's obviously his show. Chad Henney's the backup, and and that I mean, that's that's really cemented in for me. You know, like the, there's not much room for anybody to leapfrog him. They're going to be grooming him for the future, and there you know, there's going to be some bumps in the road. It's a, it's a first time starter, but um, you know, I think his game fits nicely with some of the weapons that they got, particularly you know Tyree Kill and, and Sammy Watkins. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. And you know, they bring in Sammy Watkins at sixteen million dollars per year. That's the fourth. He's the fourth highest paid wide receiver in the NFL right now. Um, you know, and Tyree Kill, he's coming in. He's a nice deep threat. Do you know all eight of his touchdowns last year were from thirty yards or more? And all last the last thirteen touchdowns he's scored are been from 30 yards or more. He's a I mean he's a big play. He's a big play threat. He can catch balls behind the line of scrimmage and still turn a big play 
you know, from, from those kind of, kind of carries and, and sweeps and stuff like that. So yeah, it doesn't surprise me at all that all of his, all of his stuff is like 30 yards out. And you know, he's been heavily targeted, but at the same time, Sammy Watkins, he's, he, again, he's being paid as the fourth highest wide receiver in the NFL. Sure. He's going to see some targets. I could still see Sammy being the third option here, uh, in that offense somehow, though, as well. You know, I still think Travis Kelsey's the number one option there, which makes him an elite dynasty tight end. And, you know, a couple of years ago, I said, hey, I'm worried about Travis Kelsey's health with all these surgeries he's had going into that. Uh, this, I think it was almost four years ago I made this that statement. And he hasn't missed a game since I made that statement. He's literally not missed a game in four years. Right. So, you know, tra- it's a three-headed monster here because we mentioned on the receivers here, Chris Conley's coming off that torn Achilles, which 30% of players never even come back for from um it's a, it's a rough injury to come back from the mm-hmm. torn Achilles so you gotta be worried about there and you have um also Thomas D'Anthony Thomas he broke his leg last year right so he's coming back got some nicked up guys for sure and Demarcus Robinson I mean he was just terrible he was due to last year he had a 53.8 percent catch rate so I can see them definitely running two tight end sets with Demetrius Harris and Travis Kelsey because most of Travis Kelsey's um passes 49% exactly came from the slot last year. Hmm. Yeah, and, yeah. And with Albert Wilson gone, who split other carries now, they might, with all the, the doo-doo train at receiver besides Hill and Watkins, they might move Travis Kelsey a little bit more to the slot even, and then maybe run a two-tight end set with Demetrius Harris. And Demetrius Harris last year uh, with that one game with uh, Pat Mahomes, I th- he had a nice game, I believe. What I can't remember what it was, but I know it was his – Best game of the year. Demetrius Harris. I mean, he's he's definitely showed well in the limited role that he's been out there. I mean, he's he's seventy three yards. Sorry. He stole some touchdowns and stuff like that for sure in the red zone from um from Kelsey. Just just from watching games, just from watching Kansas City games and having an eye on Kelsey for my other teams, I've cursed um, Demetrius <laughs> Demetrius a couple of times for for making some catches just last year alone. So. Um, he he's a nice he's a definitely a nice second tight end on a team and you know he he could be a guy that develops down the road into a guy that that you know if he ever leaves the Chiefs a la Trey Burton right he could be a guy that to keep an eye on at least yeah great stash at the most definitely they do decide to run these two tight end sets because remember uh, a tight end can be a young rookie quarterbacks or second year quarterbacks best friend and with Harris coming in last year I know his second team offense and working with Mahomes. Who he probably worked with a lot. He had seventy three yards in week seventeen, which is a good, good stat line. And actually, I'm I'm just looking at his numbers here uh, for his salary, and he's a, he's an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year, so he might not be a bad guy to throw on a watch list and halfway through the year pick up, or you know, if you got a spot right now, just just put him on your list or put him on your uh, roster and hold him. I mean, we said the same thing. Literally, we had the same conversation early in the process last year about Trey Burn. Like, hey, this is a guy you want to pick up. Uh, he is going to be a free agent next year, and he's probably going to hold some pretty value, good value the way he, he looks right now. And now look at him. He's like one of those nice, sneaky plays this year in Chicago, mm-hmm. who I like a lot out there to be the number two option there for second-year quarterback Mitch Trubisky. So right now we're looking at probably a solid pass catch option of Sammy Watkins, Tyree Kill, uh, Travis Kelsey, and Demetrius Harris. So what do you think about Sammy Watkins and you know, Kansas City last year when he gets traded to L.A. wasn't really a good scheme fit. He gets kind of thrown into the mix. He's got to learn Sean McVay's offense pretty quickly. Right. Uh, not enough time. This time he has a whole offseason to learn the Chiefs, you know, offense and what's going on there. Sammy Watkins, who we were huge on coming out, a guy that we had number one, one overall ahead of everybody. The guys of like Mike Evans uh, was girly in that draft. 
That was the year before. No, or after. The year after. The year I think, after. Really. So Mike Evans was in that draft class. Odell Beckham was in that draft class. Mm-hmm. Devontae Adams was in that draft class. Brandon Cooks was in that draft class. So the talent we saw was there. And he's flashed here and there, but he's just never, whether it be nicked up, play around him, he's never had a time chance to like truly shine. This is it. This is his chance to shine. Still really young. Is this the year Sammy Watkins becomes that player that we all envision four years ago? I mean, he's he's got a guy that's going to be pulling coverage off him in Tyreek Hill. So I mean, this is this is the year that we're going to have to see it because I mean, we got somebody going going deep and and you know Travis Kelsey's running a lot of the underneath stuff. It's really going to it's going to leave a lot of the defenses in conundrums on as to you know who they're going to double team you know play in and play out. And what I really like is the fact that Andy Reid went out, he sought this guy out. He he said this guy fits my system and brought him into Kansas City. You know what I mean? Like he's he's running the show there. You know? And, yes. And Andy Reid has a a much better track record than I'll ever have at picking players. So in this in this instance, I'm going to default to him and say, hey, I, I mean, he thinks he's going to be a good fit. Therefore, I trust Andy Reid's judgment enough to say that. Yeah, I think that he's going to be a good fit there. Yeah, I mean, so it comes down to. I mean, I think there's a slight going to be a slight deflation to Tyree Kill's value a little bit. I mean, he's he's valued pretty highly right now. He's been extremely productive, but I think Sammy's going to come in there and take just enough targets away. Like I say, he could be the third option, but like you said, if Andy Reid's this is his guy, right. they're paying him top four wide receiver money in the NFL, then they're going to scheme for Sammy Watkins. And I think this could be like a slight dip to Tyree Kill. Not saying you can't have two top 20 Fantasy receivers, a la like Minnesota. Oh, and you definitely can in an Andy Reid system as well. So it, it's doable. And definitely with no other really viable options behind him. Like right. I said, I mean, I'm not really that big on Chris Conley coming off the Achilles. That worries me. If he does come back, I think it's going to take a year, even that, to even be productive. Uh, you know, DeAnthony Thomas is somewhat, oh, you know, he's I mean, a he's, question mark. he's just a guy. I Demarcus Robinson's a turd Ferg. Right. So I'm all out on that. I'm I'm shipping that to the farm. You know, right. have have fun, milk the cows, buddy. Right. It's gonna be um, him, and it's gonna be the running back. I mean, it's gonna be Cream Hunt. Yeah, and co- so we, let's get to the running backs here while we're, we bring up the running backs. So you have Cream Hunt there. You know, stud, absolute stud. Everything we talked about and we saw in film translated to NFL. Extremely hard to bring down. Very, very versatile. Great, and, great balance. Great contact balance and ability to to shrug off you know arm tackles and stuff like that. I mean, he led the NFL last year in rushing, one thousand three hundred twenty-seven yards. Led the NFL in yards after contact with eight hundred thirty-nine, and led the NFL in missed tackles forced last year at sixty-one. He was 11th in the NFL in catches for a running back with 53. And Andy Reid came out this year at the Combine and said, we really want to get Cream a little bit more involved for the passing game. I mean, you're talking about arrows pointing up for somebody who's kind of somewhat, I don't want to say undervalued in the dynasty community, but I was on TSN, the Toronto Sports Network. Um, it's the Toronto's ESPN as a gut shot, gut, guest shot today. And they said, hey, do you feel like that the running back is somebody you have to grab early? And I said, no. I said, absolutely not. I was like, with this influx of young talent coming from this running back class over these last couple of years, I was like, and I was on Andy Mac, uh, McNamara's show in, in Toronto. And I was saying, to me, I think it goes back to the receivers now. Like, you want to grab some of these. I think the, the stud receivers are a little bit more few and far between, where I'd much rather grab a guy like Antonio Brown and DeAndre Hopkins, and I'm totally cool with coming back and getting a Christian McCaffrey in the second round. Right. Or, you know, even a Kareem Hunt mid-second round like a startup draft here where 
again, you know, he's not the flashiest names. Not saying he's undervalued because he's still stud. Everybody wants him. But, you know, I guarantee, you know, even me, somebody's going to take Dalvin Cook. No, I was going to say, there's guys that will go ahead of him. And, and, and a significant right. amount of guys. Right. A, Matt, a significant amount of guys you would take out a guy that led NFL in rushing yards last year, who met, led the NFL in missed tackles, who led them in uh, yards after contact, who was 11th in the league in, for running backs and catching passes with the coach coming out and saying, want to get more involved. We just talked about their passing you know, options. They're not over abundant there. Oh no. Yeah. Two wide receivers and really one legitimate tight end. Another guy that's just going to like kind of vulture some stuff. And the guys behind them, we're talking about Charkandrick West. Charkandrick West never had more than eight touches per game last year. Never. You have Spencer Ware come up the ACL MCL injury. That's, that's kind of a little red flag. And then Damian Williams behind him, who's nothing. So he's a, he's a true three down workhorse running back who could easily finish as a top five again. Now, it's hard to pick these guys who's going to be top five because, there's again, there's so many of them. There are. There's tons of talent here. But do you think Kareem Hunt is – He's a legitimate running back one. We'll put it, I yes. mean, easily. Locked in. Yeah. Locked in running back one. But, there's again, there's a lot of – like, where does he fall amongst these ranks for Kareem Hunt for you? I'm pretty – probably top five, six, seven at the very latest. And that's just, you know, off the top of my head. I know, but then – okay, so you have – you know, Le'Veon Bell. Right. You have Todd Gurley. Right. You have Zeke Elliott. Uh-huh. Okay. Would you take David Johnson out of him? <sighs> Probably. Probably. Okay. Um, Alvin Kamara? Probably. That's why he's, okay. he's going to be in like the 6-7 range. Dalvin Cook? Or would you rather just roll I'm, safety here? I was going to say, I probably, at that point, I might just go hunt. That's okay. where that's where he's at, like right around there, Dalvin Cook. Yeah, and so like, right around seven. Uh, I feel like I'm missing somebody like here. Fournette, I mean. I think he's, I think he's, I think that, I think the ankle injury for me would lead me them pretty equal opportunities. Right, there. so that's where he's at. It's six, okay. seven, eight. I mean, that's, I mean, and then you're picking your poison. You know, are you going to pick the injured guy or the guy that did it last year? So. Yeah, fair enough. So for me, it's again. So a guy we're talking about right here who led NFL in rushing last year, just overall solid. Everything he does is extremely solid. You can get if you just wait on running back ninth, ninth pick. If you're picking the second round, say you have the ninth pick, come around the turn here, probably gotta be a little bit higher than that right on eleventh. You can easily get like a Mike Thomas, Devontae Adams, come back at a cream hunt. That's a good combo. Right, that's a nice I'd combo. Much, I'd much rather have that combo. Like I'd rather have cream hunt. And Michael Thomas or Devontae Adams and Cream Hunt than say Todd Gurley and I don't even know who'd be the you know lower tier of receiver there because you're not going to I mean you're you're talking past the Keen Allen kind right of guy so that you're you're talking like almost like a Tyreek Hill like is he going to be your best best wide receiver I mean yeah it's no not ho- it's not it's not horrible but I mean you know you you would hope to have a better option as your number one guy. Why, why if I had the number one pick in a startup draft, I'm taking DeAndre Hopkins. I'm taking Odell Beckham. Right. You know, right around there. So it, that's everybody. So, again, Kareem Hunt's true locked in as a three-down back. I think he's the guy to buy. I think Tyree Kill, I might be floating his name out there just to see what kind of opportunity I get. Maybe I can get, like, maybe somebody loves Tyree Kill more than they like Stephon Diggs. Just, you know, because mm-hmm. I'm fancy finishers. Maybe I could flip Hill, who I see is more of, like, the way I look at Hill is I see – He's like, for me personally, fantasy wise, his at with the addition of Sammy Watkins has plateaued for me. Like, I don't see anything going up for Hill. I see him either plateauing or at the very worst, dipping a little bit. Not saying he's, you know, like, right, oh, I don't right. want him, 
but there'd be a dip there. No, he's still a good fantasy asset for sure. Where a guy I mean, like Stephon Diggs, I still see a higher ceiling pointing up. So I might be looking at somebody in that same range who might have a little bit more upside with maybe a little bit more of a floor. But the, the worry is a little bit there for me, Hill, for at least enough for me to shop his name and see what I can get for him. Move on, shall we? Let's do it. San Diego. Oops. To L.A. Chargers. L.A. Chargers. <laughs> hey, we'll, we'll only do that for another five years or so before we yeah. actually get it down. I've been to Qualcomm twice. Hmm, nice. Yeah, I was there twice. I was a big, uh, big fan of that. Look at you, big spender. Yeah, you know. <laughs> well, aren't we going to Dallas this year? Who knows? We'll see. My yeah. wife's like, who are you going to Dallas with? I just said, I was like, Matt. <laughs> We were like playing out of December. I was like, oh, December 6th, I'm going to fly out to Dallas to go see the Browns play. She's I like, thought it was New Orleans or something. No, I've already been to New Orleans. Is it, or Houston. Is it Houston? I don't know. I, I don't think Oh, it is playing. Houston. Yeah, Sorry. Houston. Yeah, Houston. Yeah, I told that. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. DeAndre Hopkins, baby. Yeah, sure. Um. So the Saint LA Chargers, depth chart looking like Keen Allen, Mike Williams, Tyrell Williams, Travis Benjamin, Dylan Cantrell, and Artavis Scott at wide receiver. At running backs, we have Melvin Gordon. Austin Eckler, Justin Jackson, the rookie at Northwestern. Tight end, Hunter Henry. Oh, Thanks for coming. Fudge. Virgil Green, Cole Hunt, and Braden Brown. And at QB, you have Phillip Rivers, Geno Smith, and Cardale Jones. Um, go right back to tight end real quick because we we'll to be real quick on it. Hunter Henry out for the year uh, with a torn ACL. Again, I always recommend buying low on him as soon as he went down. I got I got him for George Kittle and something in a tight end premium league, so I'm very happy about that. I'm Totally willing to wait on Hunter right. Henry. He's, he's an obvious wait situation, and so, that's what it is. So you got Virgil Green there and a guy that we mentioned that you mentioned that you're kind of somewhat modern in Braden Brown. Braden Bowman. Braden Bowman. Okay, what? what I don't Close know. enough. Being, he's a BB. Call him the Red Rider uh, BB gun there. I'm <laughs> calling him Red Rider, okay? All right. Um, so you have Virgil Green there who's probably predicted to be the tight end one. I think he's in tight end one steps there, snaps there. But last year, that guy blocked on 78% of his snaps, and he's really known to be pretty much just a blocking tight end. So I think your Braden Bowman does have the biggest opportunity. But that being said, I think they're going to totally move to three wide receiver sets. I think so as well. I don't think I don't think anyone's going to hold a ton of value. Phillip Rivers does like throwing to the tight end, so you know that's why uh, Bowman's at least worth monitoring. Virgil Green is... He's been with the Denver Broncos forever, and there's always been potential there. He he tore up the combine. He was like a totally athletic freak, and he's just never put it together as a, as a pass catcher. He's he is what you said he is. He is a good blocking tight end, and that's that's really all he's going to be good for. So, in my opinion, unless something changed, you know, in in his eighth year or something, that crazy stuff does happen. I mean, uh, what was the guy for the Browns a few years ago who was like a basically a blocking tight end until he came to us and. White, have, white guy, you've watched that from his mind, from your mind. I have no idea who you're talking about. Oh, uh, uh, Gary Barnage. Gary Barnage was a total blocking tight end for his entire career in Carolina, and then he came to us and, and we started throwing him passes, and he caught him. So it is. Ch- I mean, Delaney Walker didn't break out right. until late twenty nine. Crazier 20 years things old. have happened. So Virgil Green, you know, keep an eye on him. Worth a stash if he's a free agent. If he starts, see? if he starts doing something at the beginning of the year, they're throwing him passes and he he's catching them. Swoop him up, but he's, he's he's not worth an ad right now. I mean, he's just he's just not. So yeah, the only thing worth adding right now is uh, guys with higher upside. Yep. Basically. So you know, obviously, not much to go over the quarterback position. You know, future Hall of Famer and Philip Rivers there, very good quarterback. Um, his receiving court right now is looking pretty damn sexy to me. You got Keen Allen there. He you know his first couple of years there injury ridden. 
uh, with the collarbone, the knee, all mm-hmm, kinds of things mm-hmm. going on there. But you know, last year he was top five in his position with 159 targets, 102 catches for 1,393 yards. Those are all top five uh, totals for the wide receiver. Tyrell Williams, I mentioned, is a nice sneaky guy for me out there in that offense. And the rookie who missed, you know, this back injury last year, Mike Williams, who was a number seven overall pick, I think, last year. Okay. In the rookie draft. I can't remember. I think that's what it was. It was high. It was definitely high. They 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 used a a, a big time pick on him. Yeah, I think and, it was number seven. Because I think John Ross went around nine. There's three receivers in the top ten. Right. So heavy investment there. But still, he has to come back. He has to learn the NFL. Tyrell Williams already knows what's going on. Upside being is they're probably going to run three t- wide receiver sets. Yeah, obviously the biggest thing with Keenan Allen is just him staying healthy. You know, he, he proved it last year that he could do it. Um, and you know, the, the previous two or three years before that though were a different story. So. Um, as long as he can stay stay healthy, the, the wide receiver core is intact and, and looking pretty good for this year. And we've seen guys do that. You know, Andre Johnson coming in the, oh, in, yeah. in the NFL. Um, same thing for the first two years, he was pretty much banged up. They went to a hall of fame, hall of fame career. Right. So, I mean, the big, the big thing here, when I look at their depth chart is, uh, Tyrell Williams. I, I think he's got a lot of potential this year, but this is the last year of his deal. So, you know, the game is second round tender, so they believe in him. They definitely believe in him, but he's on a one year deal right now. Yeah. So if they don't sign him to any sort of of, of lucrative, you know, in year extension, he, he's going to be walking next year. And and that's a that's not a bad guy to have now before he gets the open market while his value is a little bit depressed. I mean, he's a six four guy that can really move and get downfield and make some some pretty nice catches. Tyrell the Gazelle, Tyrell baby. the Gazelle. Yeah, he's somebody I mentioned this I think on the podcast a month ago about you know guys that I like a lot buy low guys, mm-hmm. and I know I mentioned Marquise Goodwin is right. one of those guys, yep. and Tyrell Williams is one of those guys. I don't remember who the other guy was, but those are two guys I for sure said. I think Tyrell is a great buy low. Um, I think, you know, with the Mike Williams there, him being the last year of his deal, I think he can give you just enough to be, if he plays, you know, God forbid that Keen Allen goes down, puts him in a great spot. But with we don't we don't know about Mike Williams, who I also like a lot as well, but for this year, right, and going forward, you know, forward, I don't know, but for this year, for a guy that you need help from, if you need just a little bit of depth at wide receiver, like you need, you have good three wide receivers, but no depth, or, you know, you need that wide receiver three. I think Tyrell Williams is cheap enough where you can go out there and get him and actually utilize him for a championship push. Yeah, definitely, man. And and the, the nice thing about it is it, it almost gives Mike Williams a little bit of a cushion here, having Tyrell Williams still on the, the, um, the one-year tender here and kind of gives him a, a year to get healthy and get acclimated to the game a little bit more before he gets thrust kind of into a um, – a starter role, which which is what I see, you know, for Mike Williams next year, a big time role for him. Yeah, me too. I mean, they're going to have to bring him in here, and you don't take a guy in the top ten not to be the guy, right? So they're going to have two guys, and they'll be they can literally be. Well, they're they're different, you know. I mean, they're they're definitely different. Uh, Mike Williams gets down the field a lot better than than Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen will just gobble up passes all day long. Underneath. He's a precise route runner, right? Absolutely, with great hands. Yep. So, um, Keenan Allen, obviously. He's a top 15 startup player. Mike Williams, everybody thinks of what have you done for me lately? He hasn't done anything at all. I think he's a good buy low, too, if you yeah. get him for the price. Oh, I, right. I, love, I love Mike Williams right now. For I him. have no problem whatsoever offering a 2019 first for Mike Williams today. No, me neither. And I think that's something that might be able to get it done. Honestly, I'd be okay with offering a 19 first and third. Yeah, no, I mean, if you, I mean, if you're – 
if you're dead set on picking a guy any like you you need the position a wide receiver and you're most likely going to be you know aiming for that position in next year's draft and Mike Williams is available get a jump on it you know because he's he's going to be more ready to produce now anyway yeah you know, I'm, than, I'm not that big on the, the next year's class, class. Yeah. yeah right I know 2020's running back class is gonna be really good from some of like the little research I've done the 2020 the 2020 running back running back class is gonna be really good so those are the draft picks I want. As of today, I want nothing to do with the 19 picks. I have no problem. I want 19 picks. Right. Come to draft, but you don't want to just clear them out. But as of right now, I have no problem selling those off. It's not like a class like, ooh, we're going to get into this, like you know, other classes, where I see I foresee the 2020 class is the class I want picks on. So my 19-year picks are completely available. If I had to give up a 19 first and second for Mike Williams for a guy who was a top three pick last year, I have no problem doing it. Right, you know that's what it came down to. I would try to keep my second if I can, but I have no problem floating that. And of course, Tyrell Williams. You know, if I'm real desperate, if I if I can give up, if I had to give up a second and maybe get back a third for something like that, or I, I'm somehow trying to find to make a, a way w- where it works for Tyrell Williams, where I'm not getting up a lot. Right, you know what I mean? A player that I find expendable or a draft pick. Well, yeah. I mean, you're, you're, you know, if you're buying, you're trying to sell the fact that he's on a one-year tender and who knows where he's going to be, you know, like, and and really, if you're on the buying side of it, you're, you're hoping that he goes somewhere and gets a better opportunity than the San Diego Chargers or Los Angeles Chargers. Sorry. Yes. Um, and let's talk about the running backs here now. You know, they bring in Justin Jackson out of Northwestern. He uh, had 122 career catches, so he can catch the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, he started, he's only, he's one of only, besides Ron Dane, North, uh, Ron Dane had 1,000 yards all four years of his career at Northwestern. So there's some talent there in Justin Jackson, definitely in the receiving ability. They did have Austin Eckler, uh, who broke his hand last year in Week 15. He's you know he's got good speed, four four three speed. So those are two backs behind him right now. I think Eckler's locked in, but I'm keeping my eye on a guy like Justin Jackson. And of course you have Melvin Gordon, who's never had four yards per carry in his career. But he's been a top 10 fantasy running back in back-to-back years. This is a guy who, you know, not only that, but they bring in Mike Pouncey at center. They sign him. It's a big-time move. They have their top 40 pick uh, in their right guard, Forrest Lamp, who tore his ACL at training camp last year coming back. So this offensive line is going to be pretty beefed up for a guy like Melvin Gordon, who really strives on the, big, on the holes being there for his big playability. For a guy who's finished as a top eight fantasy running back, in back-to-back years. Can this year even be better for Melvin Gordon? Uh, no. No? <laughs> I don't. I think I think he is what he is, and I think that's right around what he is. Running back eight? Top eight? Yeah, top eight, which is nothing to sneeze at. You oh, know what I mean? Like, that's amazing. It's it's great, and if you can do that three years in a row, that's a, that's a pretty special thing. So... So I'm not trying to poo-poo it and say, like, he stinks, but I think there's so much, like we were discussing earlier, there's been such an influx of young talent uh-huh. of guys I just think that are better than him Do you all around that, that I I don't think it allows him to move up. Was there any news about him? Like, you know, we mentioned that they want to get Kareem Hunt more involved in the passing game. I want to, I don't know why it's it's in my head right now saying, I thought that the coaching staff came out and said, hey, we like to get Melvin Gordon a little bit more involved in the passing game. I don't know why that's it's in my head. That, like that, that doesn't that doesn't stick in my head like uh, hmm. like I read any of that or, or heard any of that kind of stuff, so I can't confirm that. Do you think Melvin Gordon falls in the category of, okay, he's going to have a running back one year again this year. He's going to be probably 
top eight again just because of the offense he's on. Yeah. Uh, the team he's on, good defense, good quarterback, great receivers. Do you think after this year he falls in the category of, okay, I'm going to sell him for something sweet. Like, I'm going to get something, and I'm going to cash out my Melvin Gordon shares. It was a great five years I've had you, uh, but time for me to get something else. That's exactly, especially with the ticking time bomb that is his knee with the microfracture surgery. Oh, I forgot about I mean, the microfracture I, surgery. I think a lot of people have forgotten about it, which yeah. is why you should remember it and try to sell that guy after another year. Yeah, I think so, too. I have him um, in our league, which I'm competing, you know, competing you know, championship competitor. In, and I always start him. I have him and Fournette in Le'Veon Bell, and I start him over Fournette every week. Right. I, and you can't, I can't blame you for that, but. I'm thinking, you know, with I just recently got Kareem Johnson in that league, and I'm thinking, okay, you know, maybe come after bye weeks here, I'm able to flip Melvin Gordon, you know, when he's in his top peak, and I have the availability to have Fournette, and I have Le'Veon Bell to flip Melvin Gordon for another young running back that I like, along with something else. You know, a guy who hasn't really broken out. Maybe a guy like Sony Michelle plus something down the road. I keep mean, my options open. Keep your options open. I wouldn't hold my breath on getting Sony Michelle and something else for Melvin Gordon. But depends how it starts, man. You know, yeah. I mean, everybody lives in the moment. You know, if Sony Michelle was on Rex Burkhead, has been you know scrounging some touchdowns from him, which again, I don't think so. Uh, he could be. You never know. I mean, again, it's just he's one of the guys, right? Right, one of the guys. Right. On. Shall we move on? Let's do this. Let's go on to uh, soon-to-be Las Vegas Raiders. Oh, boy. Who, but are currently the Oakland Raiders with the owner with the funniest haircut in the entire NFL. <laughs> Not only is it one of the funniest haircuts in the NFL, it's one of the funniest haircuts I've seen ever. <laughs> ever, period. I mean, it's worse than the mullet. It's yeah, like it's terrible. It's like if you're Amish but super successful at the same time. I mean, the guy looks weird. <laughs> Just and he, weird, and man. I'm sure he kills it in the in the sex game, just because he owns an NFL team. But my God, dude, you're worth a billion dollars, and that's the best you can come up with, dude. That's like the Floby haircut, you know? Like you said it to like, I want my hair to be five inches. Bzzz. I could I could give him a better haircut with a Floby than he gets. He probably spends five hundred dollars on that haircut too. That's ridiculous. I heard he like flies somewhere. He has one person cuts his hair and he's like flies there to get his hair cut, which is crazy. I've never cut hair in my entire life. I've is never even a, cut my own hair. Is it a baby doll barber? Like, what the heck kind of haircut is that? I don't know, dude. He looks like, like, like if you had to do like monster porn, he'd be like a monster's deranged, deformed looking penis <laughs> is what it kind of looks like. It's like, oh, that kind of looks, that fits the bill, right? That's what he looks like. Yeah, he's a monster deformed penis. I can't breathe, man. I mean, that's what he looks like, right? That's it. it doesn't shock you. I mean, you're like, yeah, I can see that, right? <laughs> yeah. I can see that. Instead of one eye, he has twos. All right. It's a weird looking guy. Very pale, too. Doesn't get a lot of sun. Like most penises do not get a lot of sun. Oh, sorry for the non-family-oriented talk right there. Listen, it had to be sad. The guys, it had to have been sad. Yeah. I'm sure he's heard it before, but you know how a lot of people like they're that successful, just have people around you all the time, but it's just yes men? What do you think Al Davis was saying to him about his haircut growing up? I have no idea. Al Davis was all slicked back and tried to be cool about everything, and he had the yeah, son dude, with the worst dude, haircut ever. I don't even know if that's his kid. <laughs> I don't even, and maybe he, do Al Davis wore those dark shades and maybe they're just super dark and he just never, like every time he came around, he just put on sunglasses and he just, you know, he was. Just pretend like it didn't happen. He was, he was Stevie Wonder and, hey, 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 is that you? 
Jeez. He never never gave his son a good head rub, you know, <laughs> on top of the ring. Good job, son. Oh. Yeah, like I ain't touching that thing. Oh. And heard it looks like a monster's penis. <laughs> Let's talk about the team, shall Let's we? Let's talk about the team. Death chart. We have at receiver Amari Cooper, mm-hmm. Jordy Nelson, yes. Martavis Bryant, right. Johnny Holton, okay. Marcel Aikman, yeah. Seth Roberts, well, Ryan Switzer. Yeah, don't forget about Ryan. Uh, at running back, we have Marshawn Lynch, Doug Martin, the muscle hamster, Jalen Richard, and DeAndre Washington. At tight end, Jared Cook, Derek Carrier. At Q-bar, QB, Derek Carr, Connor Cook, and EJ Manuel. So, a receiver, obviously all those receivers are not going to make the team. You know, you have, you know, Martavis Bryant, who might get suspended, might not get suspended. We don't know. Um, right. I, I mean, I I would think no at this point, but um, because they've they've kind of dropped some of those suspensions already during this slow period, like on weekends, trying to get them washed over in the news cycle uh, on the weekends and stuff like that. I would say no as well. Uh, the Raiders to give up the 79th, 79th pick for him. Right. Um, they're talking about a guy who missed all of 2016 because he was suspended. And then came back in 17 and just wasn't, like, you know, with the emergence of Juju there, wasn't really involved. He only had 50 catches, 603 uh, yards, and three touchdowns. They're bringing Jordy Nelson, who's 33 years old, who they cut Michael Crabtree for, which I think is extremely silly. Give him two years, $15 million, and then you got Amari Cooper. Well, I mean, new sheriff in town, you know? I mean, there, there's, there's gonna be, yeah, there's gonna be some turnover. I mean, obviously, Gruden probably didn't like some of the antics and some of the fights and stuff that that Crabtree chain grabbing, yeah, chain grabbing. Also, I mean, that wasn't him grabbing chains; it was he got his chain ripped off. But um, he probably saw he probably saw that and decided he didn't like them and got rid of them. So he brings in a guy, Jordy Nelson. Basically, um, you know, Jordan Nelson, 33 years old, he's on the books this year and next year for right around 7.2, 7.3 million. Um, but they can get out from underneath his contract after just one year. So he's out, Jordy. Yeah, Jordy Nelson is basically a one-year rental guy. So that leaves, I mean, that clears up a little bit. So next year, you're looking at Amari Cooper and Martavis Bryant as the starters, and and, and a Ryan Switzer type who they who they traded for during the draft. And Johnny Holton's got good speed. He's that nice deep threat if Martavis doesn't, you know, hold up. But I like I like Martavis's this offense. You know, with Amari Cooper being the precise route runner that he is, they need a nice deep threat because they don't really have one. And I like Martavis Bryant there. Right. I mean, I think at this point, I mean, you could run Jordy Nelson on the outside. You can run, you know, Martavis on the outside and have Amari operating out of the slot right now, which would be really hard to defend. I mean, that that's that's hard stuff. And then and then once Jordy's bounced out, then you're looking at, you know, Amari on the outside, Martavis on the outside and switcher slips right into the slot. So I think I think they have what they need for this year and for next year. Okay, And that makes sense. I, I mean. When it comes to Mario Cooper, you're talking about a guy who's top 30 all-time in reception yards in his first three years in the NFL. And last year, he had a, a knee sprain uh, for the first six weeks. You know, he was on an injury report, that knee sprain. Week 12, he sprained his ankle and had a concussion. Week 14, re-aggravated that ankle. Uh, missed two games total. And now you have John Gruden comes in and says, hey, Amari Cooper is going to be the focus of this offense. All right. And – for a guy who, for the last what two years now, has had somewhat of some drop issues, and maybe it's because of every, you know the, all these things that we mentioned. Maybe he's just been banged up. Derek Carr came in and kind of you know was paid the highest quarterback, and just kind of pooped the bed after that. Kind of well, just not really efficient. What a lot of people are are forgetting is Mariota and Derek Carr were both coming off pretty 
pretty significant injuries right at the end of the season before last year. So they didn't get a full off season. They didn't get all that stuff. They both they both injured themselves right there at the end. So I think I think both those guys are going to have a little bit of an uptick in their their production come this year with a full off season and everything. They're not rehabbing. They're they're just you know they're they're able to get with their wide receivers and get get some of this timing down. That's that's really important for you know especially for a guy like Amari Cooper who who is a precise route runner, you know, he's waiting, you know, the ball is supposed to be there when it's supposed to be there. And just a little bit of, of timing being off can really throw these kind of guys off. So, I mean, I'm not trying to make excuses if if the ball is thrown to you and you should be able to catch it, but that could have been part of the issues too. Banged up and just, you know, timing off could be frustrated with the whole way the offense is going, the whole way the season's going there. And again, I mean, Amari Cooper is one of the best route runners I've seen coming out of college. And, He's a fantastic – I mean, two years ago, you, it'd be almost impossible to buy him in your dynasty league. And now I think you could buy Amari Cooper. You know, we were talking about a guy like Tyreek Hill earlier. Uh, you know, Amari Cooper might be one of those guys that you can kind of – you know, remember said, like, floor, ceiling up here? Right. Could you imagine flipping, like, a Tyreek Hill? Maybe you have to give up a little bit more. But a guy like Tyreek Hill for Amari Cooper, who would you rather have? Um, Hard to say, man. They're both – they both have different kind of upside. Completely you know? different. I, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna try and take all the receptions I can get and take Mari Cooper there. That's right. what I would want personally. Like I'd rather again shoot for that ceiling. You know. Right, but but you know what comes with that is hey that drop issues the past. Two oh, years, I know. Which is, <laughs> I mean that's so it's, so it's a very it, that's that's a dicey one. Yeah, um, it is. But he's gonna. Th- we're gonna know this year. Like we're gonna know this yeah, is the year we know yeah. I'm Cooper. So. It might be one of those trades that you make where you look back on where Cooper gets right back where he was a couple of years ago as a you know top fifteen dynasty startup guy. You, you all of a sudden you know traded for a top five dynasty wide receiver asset and, and you know and it, I mean it's not like you gave up crap you gave up you know a guy that's a slight bump right you know and, that, and that's then is that what exactly I said with Tyree Kill somebody yeah. you want to get like maybe a sl- a slight bump for mm-hmm. where a guy I think is going to kind of plateau a little bit where I can get a little bit more of a bump on a guy who's down a little bit right now, but definitely has a higher upside. Because if we look back just a couple of years ago, Cooper's absolutely got the higher upside. Right. So I think Cooper, again, you, you can't say buy low on a pay, player like Hill or Cooper, but a guy who's now attainable where the juice definitely might be worth the squeeze. When we go over to the run game, they bring in Doug Martin, who, you know, the guy's average under three yards per carry for the last two years. And a guy, Marshawn Lynch, who's older, but really showed us last year that he still has some, you know, some fire in there. Marshawn Lynch last week from week 12 on averaged 4.6 yards per game and averaged 99.7 total yards per game. Pretty solid numbers. Yeah. Again, older 31. I actually gave up in a league. I gave up a third round pick for a team that was just decided to blow it up. And like, I'm everybody's for sale. And I offered him a third round pick for Marshawn just to be my running back three for depth. And he took it. And I feel pretty comfortable with that. I don't think Doug Martin's any threat to him at all. I know John Gruden likes him, but I don't think he's any threat to Marshawn at all. Jalen Richard and DeAndre Washington are both, you know, PPR guys. No, yeah, I mean, Marshawn Lynch. uh, You said thirty-one. I have I have thirty-two for whatever reason, but no, no no big deal. Yeah, I'm just going off the top of my head. And Doug Martin's twenty-nine, and both those guys are on one-year deals. So, for me, and and like you said, DeAndre Washington, Jalen Richard, they're both guys that are Rashad Matt. Richard, Rashad. sorry, it's literally spelled Richard, but Richard, you're right. Um, 
they're just PPR guys. So in my eyes, this is one of those situations that either they're going to be bringing in a free agent next year, a hot free agent off the market, because Gruden does like you know veteran type of, of players, or they're going to be drafting a guy pretty high. Yeah. Carlos Hyde could be the Raiders running back next he, year. I mean, he absolutely could. A guy like Mark Ingram or somebody like that, you know. Exactly. Both good candidates to be a Raider next year. Yeah. Because uh, I can't imagine Marshawn going on too much longer for his hometown team. But I, I st- the point being is if you need running back help, I think Marshawn's a guy on a team where even they're championship contenders or whatnot, could definitely be had. He can be had super cheap. Sorry, I, I never got back around to the point that I was trying to make, but yes, he could be had because just, just due to his age and stuff. And he's not a halfway bad uh, back to have. And be, if the team can't pick it up in a passing game, the red zone opportunities could possibly be there, and he's going to be the red zone guy there. So I think you know if you can get mid to high-end running back production, running back two production from a guy like Marshawn Lynch, who could be had for a third-round pick is which what I gave up for him. Right. Now maybe in your league it might be a little bit different, but again, if I can get him for that cheap, I'm absolutely buying Again, I gave up my third-round pick this year in the draft – just to have him as a backup, right? And just he's to have and him he's there. not going anywhere. They, they, the, the Raiders are in like awful cap space. They only have about a little over two million right now in in cap room, but they wouldn't gain any cap by by releasing him or Doug Martin. I mean, or actually, they would they would gain cap by releasing Doug Martin, but they won't they won't gain any if they released. So he's him. there. So he's there. And then, what do you think about the tight end position with Jared Cook being there? You know, Cook's coming off. He had career-high catches in 2017 with 54. Um, Gruden was on a record saying that he was really blown away about Jared Cook's speed. He said, he's like, I didn't realize he moved that fast. Do you think Jared Cook, we were mentioning earlier about you know tight ends that come on later, um, even with the Rams, he showed some upside there as well. Some tight ends, like Delaney Walker, come out late in their career. Could this finally be the year Jared Cook can put together? Um, save like Jordy Nelson kind of flounders a little bit. They need that tight end option. Do you think Jared Cook could be a viable option, say, in a tight end premium league or just as a low-end tight end one? Do you think there's enough talent there for him? Or do you think, no, this is it? I think the talent's always been there for him. But he just has consistency issues, so no, I don't think so. I don't think he's going to become like this all-around consistent player this late in his career, personally. I just I just, I don't see it. I, he, he's had you know shots here. He's at, wasn't he in was it Green Bay before here? Is that where he was at? Is right, that where he was? Right before this stop? I can't, I, I can't he had remember. He 54 catches last year. I didn't write down where they were. Yeah. So, I mean. That's by me. He's just I'm kinda, sorry. That's okay, man. Um, he's just one of those really inconsistent players throughout his entire career. So, I don't, I don't, I don't see it changing at 31 years old, personally. You, you know what's really consistent? What's that? Uh, Davis's haircut. Mark Davis's haircut. Mark Davis, it's been the same since they Consistently terrible. Yeah, consistently bad. Let's move on, shall we? Let's, Let's move it. up to the Mile High right. uh, Stadium, where you can get a mile high, legally, uh, the Denver Broncos. Now, look at that de- that depth chart. The receiver is looking very, very sexy. You Ooh. got Demarius Thomas. Uh-huh. You got Emmanuel Sanders. Mm-hmm. You got Cortland Sutton. You got Deshaun Hamilton. You got Carlos Henderson. And you got Jordan Leslie. At running back, you have Royce Freeman. Devontae Booker, D'Angelo Henderson. At tight end, not as pretty. Not, not as pretty. so fast. But you got Jeff Hireman. You got Jake Butt, the Ohio State Michigan rivals. And then you got Troy Fumagalli. At quarterback, you have Case Keenum, who they just signed to a two-year, $36 million deal. 
Paxton Lynch, the former first round pick. Uh, backstreet looking turd who uh, just can't do anything good. Just a waste of a first round pick. And then you have the late round pick, Mr. Relevant Chad Kelly, who probably is probably better than Paxton Lynch. Yep, I think so. That's at least some reports I've heard. Yeah. So at quarterback, while we're here, you know, they're bringing Case Keenum two years, $36 million. Um, I'm interested to see how he's going to play in this new system, new offense. You know, Pat Shermer, quarterback friendly offense. You have the weapons there and Adam Thielen, Kyle Rudolph, Stephon Diggs. Good weapons there. But he goes to go to Denver with some really good weapons as well. What are your What are your thoughts on Case Keenum? Uh, let's say now, obviously in a one QB league, you're not overly interested. But in, in say a super flex league, what do you see Case Keenum's value? Um, I think he's a nice second quarterback in you know either format. Um, you know, if if he's your backup, you're you're doing pretty good in a one QB league. Um, if he's your third quarterback in a super flex, you're doing you're doing really well for yourself. Yeah. Um, because I, th- I think he has tremendous value there. I mean, in Superflex, if he's your if he's your second, you're probably always looking for an upgrade, but he'll get you by. You know what I mean? I think he's in a really good spot, not only for this year, but for long term. I think he'd be in a kind of position where, you know, he has a good year this year, good enough, mm-hmm. and then next year he starts off well, and they resign him to another contract. You know, like they add another like three years for I, sixty million or something. I could definitely see that. At this point, they're tied to Paxton Lynch for another year. Um, so it'll be those two guys. I mean, Chad Kelly barely even registers on their uh, salary cap. He only makes like, he's making like a half a million bucks or something in the next two years. So, I mean, he's barely in the equation. Um, but you know, Case Keenum, Case Keenum, he has a manageable number: fifteen million bucks this year, twenty-one next year. So, I mean, as far as his starting quarterbacks, those aren't really bad numbers. And he's a managing quarterback, right? Um. His tight ends there, nothing really. Again, I'm buying all the Jake Butt shares I can just to to be the winner there. Jeff Hireman, you know, even coming to Ohio State, I watch every you know. I was never excited about, about Hireman, you know, his NFL prospects. He only caught 52 footballs at Ohio State. That's right. not a lot. And then you have Jake Butt, who you know had the two ACL tears, but he was a 2016 Mackey Award winner. Uh, you know, got some Zach Ertz, Ertz comps before he went down hurt in his but, bowl game. Butt would be the guy that I'd be targeting targeting you know you know if anyone comes out of there that's going to have any value to be him yeah and I, I would like to get some jake butt shares for mostly you know not even saying for the 2018 season i'm no. going more for the 2019 yeah, season it's a, it's a future pick for yeah sure. i think he could be a pretty i mean for when i remember from watching the tape back prior to his injury i think he could hold some pretty good value there at the tight end position with some really nice upside for a position that takes a couple of years anyways I think for a long-term play, long-term stash, uh, let me get some of that butt, sir. Yeah, absolutely. And they're going to have a lot of turnover in their, you know, receiving core all together. You know, I mean, Demarius Thomas counts 12 million against the cap this year, but it bumps way up to 17 million next year. And then Emmanuel Sanders, you know, he goes from 10 million to 12 million. So this is like most likely we've been talking about it anyway, you know, throughout the whole offseason. This is most likely their last year at least one of them, most likely both of them. And then they're going to be bringing along guys like Cortland Sutton, uh, Deshaun Hamilton, and, and Carlos Henderson are going to get bumped up into the thing. And it's going to leave a lot of open targets. And, and you know, a tight end like Jake Butt might be able to emerge as a nice little safety blanket for um, for Case Keenum type S- next year. Speaking of targets, not only next year, Matt, let's talk about targets this year. The Denver Broncos lost 200 targets from the players they lost. They lost six guys. I'm not going to go through all the names, but, you know, from C.J. Anderson down to Virgil Green even. Right. That's where Virgil Green was last year. Yep. Um, where they lost 200 targets on their team. 
Only one team has lost more targets this year, and that's the Arizona Cardinals. They lost a little bit more than 200 targets. There is plenty of targets to go around, and Damaris Thomas actually saw his lowest amount of targets, which was still a lot. I mean, he still finished as wide receiver 16 last year. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's no reason to think his targets are going to go down. I totally see this where they move Emmanuel Sanders back from the outside and move him into the slot, which is really nice. They bring Cortland Sutton in, and they have Cortland Sutton, who projects as a really nice – X receiver, outside receiver to go along with Demaris Thomas, who Demaris Thomas, yes, he turned 31, but this is a guy, again, over the last four years, he hasn't missed a single game. Not one game. He's he's pretty reliable there. And no, yeah, he's a very reliable guy. I think he had a, a little bit of an issue. Didn't he, like, change up his diet and become vegan and, and lost some weight and stuff like that? He was battling through some of that, I he believe. Yeah, the toe camp. Uh, the toe injury, which he battled that since college, like the foot injury thing. No, uh, yeah, I think it, I think it was like he he changed his diet and he was he was having a hard time with like energy levels and stuff okay. like that last year. So that that that's a bump to him, right? You know, Corlin Sunmiller raw on the outside. That's a nice little help. But I think the player here to really monitor Matt is Emmanuel Sanders. Mm-hmm. Now again, I still like Demaris Thomas. I think again, we say he's going to be gone. I think if you're looking for an older receiver that you can help from, I think Demaris Thomas is a good buy. I think that Emmanuel Sanders might end up being a really good buy here, too. I mean, Sanders, like I said, he's most likely going to move into the slot because you're not going to put D- Cortland Sutton in the slot. You're not going to put Demarius Thomas in the slot. So right. that's where you're going to move him. Last year, Case Keenan loved him some Adam Thielen in the slot, who half of his tar- half of his routes last year for Adam Thielen came from the slot. And Case Keenan targeted him on 25% of those routes sure that was the most in the nfl for somebody talking about a guy that gets rid of the ball quick so yes and guy you know guys operating from the slot doing those little slants and and hot routes and stuff like that they they're gonna get peppered with passes and and i agree i I think uh sanders is gonna have a nice little bump in his production maybe a return to form we'll call it um because last year was so horrible yeah so talking about a buy low kind of candidate for a receiver i think we're looking at two options here one, Damaris Thomas, just strictly because he's 31, most likely going to be gone after this year. But maybe he ends up on a nice team like maybe New England. You know, maybe he ends up in a good spot. Who we knows? don't, we don't yeah. know. We don't know that the situation there. Same with Emmanuel Sanders. But I'm not worried about when I say buy low and these guys for long-term success because there's no long-term success there. Right. I'm trying to buy these guys to win this year. Both might be nice little options. Yeah, and I think they're, they're both coming off down years for sure. And I think the cheaper price tag is definitely going to be on Emmanuel Sanders. Him going to the slot, we mentioned about Case Keenum and his love for Thielen out of the slot, targeting it more than anybody else in the entire NFL. All those arrows, all those statistics point me in that direction where, hey, I can get Emmanuel Sanders probably for a second-round pick. Yeah, definitely. Right? Oh, like, yeah. Somebody's, I feel like if you say, I'll give you a second-round pick for Emmanuel Sanders, somebody like, oh, my God, I'm about to bend this guy over and stick it to him. <laughs> he doesn't even know it. i got to play hard to get on this one. This guy's gone crazy. I can't even <laughs> look at my eyes. <laughs> it could be had, right? I think so, yeah. I think, I mean, the right offer, if I have a Sanders and, you know, a little bit of wide receiver depth, if the right if the right offer came to me, I'd, I'd – you know, I'd definitely move him. Do you see the upside there with the Manuel Sanders? Yeah, there's there's definitely upside, but I would still move him. Oh, no. Just because of advanced age. Yeah, exactly. I mean, dude, in a weaker draft class as of today, right? you care giving him with the 11th or 12th pick in the second round? No, not at all. For a chance to get a, not a, at all. a nope. solid. So say Manuel Sanders finishes a solid wide receiver three. That's worth a second round pick, right? Absolutely. He finishes a wide receiver two. You struck oil. That's a, that's a thing. Like, he, he's a guy that you're – He's the guy that 
when I was winning championships, he was my third wide receiver, but he was producing as a wide receiver too. You so I mean, you, you, you that's like invaluable. That's such a that's such a big bonus. Man, there's 200 targets to go around. Right. Somebody's getting a bump here. Oh yeah. You know, Demaris Thomas. You know, Cortland Sutton's going to see probably well, about 85 of those. They're all going to they're all going to get a bump because the targets are going to be more quality than they were getting from last year's group of quarterbacks as well. And the quarterbacks again. Demaris Thomas finished his wide receiver 16 last year right. with a terrible array of quarterbacks. And a year before that, he was wide receiver 16. We're talking about guys like Trevor Simeon as a quarterback. You're bringing Case Keenan, who was a, a you know a play away from a Super Bowl. Um, so let's finally get down to the running back situation here with Royce Freeman, Devontae Booker, D'Angelo Henderson. Everybody's pretty much locking in Royce Freeman as a starter there. Devontae Booker, we're looking at as possibly, you know, I see him as that change of pace kind of running back there the pass catcher running back. D'Angelo Henderson, who we thought last year early for a brief second, hey, this guy might be worth watching, only had 20 snaps last year. Right. So I don't even think he's really in the mix. It comes down to me, Devontae Booker, Royce Freeman. Uh, John Elway comes out and says, we're looking for that thumper, that that one-two down running back. And Royce Freeman fits that bill pretty well. My question is, can Royce Freeman be viable in the passing game? Yeah, I think so. I think he showed enough in college that that he will be that type of guy. I mean, I, I don't think he caught a ton of passes there in Oregon, but I think when you watch the tape, it, it you could tell that it was he wasn't fighting. You know, like he wasn't fighting his hands to catch the ball. Okay. So yeah. I mean, as long as they're willing to use him like that, I I, I think he'll be he'll be fine. Are you worried about Devontae Booker though being that guy? Well, I think, I think they're going to get him involved. They're going to obviously Devonte Booker's more advanced in that and probably in pass pro at this point. So I, you know, this this coming year, there, I think there are some question marks, but I, I think Royce Freeman is probably the guy long term. And, and you know what? And I'm sorry because we got to go back to receiver after this because we talked the main guys. I want to talk about a couple other guys real quick. Okay. Um, before we go to the running back, I think the running back is pretty simple here. Royce Freeman, you know, first round dynasty pick. Devonte Booker, nice change of pace back. Who might be like a nice bi-week filler because of his PPR value. But Royce Freeman's a guy. We're going to find out if he is the guy going forward this year. If he is, he's going to be a nice dynasty asset as a high-end running back too. Um, and if not, we'll we'll move on pretty quickly like we do for most running backs. The guy we didn't talk about um, for the receiving court is one Carlos Henderson, mm-hmm. who was a third-round pick in 2017. But, you know, he hurt his thumb last year and missed last year. Then in January, got busted for DUI and marijuana. And then he tore. Then he has his hamstring issue, so he's missing off season programs. He's he's on thin ice, basically. Yeah. I mean, that's I. That's the, the vibe I've been getting. He's th- he's on thin ice, walking around carrying hundred pound dumbbells. Right. So he's he's not looking too good. But my, you know, the other guy I think here we mentioned about these Sanders out and Damaris Thomas. We didn't mention again the Sean Hamilton, yeah. uh, who I like a lot there in that system. And we mentioned Case Keenum stick around as you're talking about the guy out of Penn State who had the most receptions in Penn State history with 214. Real nice slot receiver there um, who with Corlin Sunday outside might be some good value down the road too. A guy who I like who's definitely has tremendous second round value in your rookie class. Um, I, I, I would think Deshaun Hamilton would be late second, early third. That late? To, yeah, I think so. I think he'd be, I think he'd be had there. Okay, I, I, like I feel like that's where I think that's where he went in our our draft. I mean, he's right up there with Antonio Callaway for me. Okay, I take Callaway probably right I ahead think of Callaway's him. But, a little bit more upside. Yeah, but. me too. But they're they're up there. I think Deshaun Hamilton might hold some really good sneaky PPR value going forward. No, I mean like I everything like we like about Emmanuel Sanders, it's it's almost like these two are like 
father and sons, Demarius Thomas to Cortland Sutton, you know, because Sutton has that kind of Alshon game to him, and then Emmanuel Sanders to Sean Hamilton. No, I know I, I get it. Like he's he's one of those guys that's he's never going to do anything real super flashy, but he just he just gets open and catches passes. Those guys are extremely valuable. Yeah, you know, if you can catch eighty footballs in a year for nine hundred yards, mm-hmm. that's pretty good. Uh, pretty good numbers. That's it. That's the show. What have we learned today? Mark Davis looks like an alien penis. I thought it was a monster penis, but you all know. Of the above. <laughs> Aren't aliens kind of monsters? I think there's two different things. There's things that live in the bottom of the ocean that look like monsters. Yeah. Scary. And then they're not aliens. Do you think Mark Davis is from the bottom of the ocean? That's probably more feasible. One of those weird. You see him like wiggling <laughs> up, like like that. Uh, I don't know. I don't even know what it is. I haven't watched my kids watch them have a SpongeBob. There's something on SpongeBob that kind of fits that bill too. He's just like squirming up like a little spermicide. I've never watched. I my kids watch SpongeBob too. You don't pay attention. I don't pay you attention don't either. You start I, watching tape. Exactly. Okay. So that's it. So out of all, out of the AFC West here, and we're looking back on it, you know, we got some really good gems here. You know, long term value guys like Kareem Hunt. You know, um, Tyreek Hill. We mentioned have good value. Mari Cooper, Sammy Watkins, Melvin Gordon, Keenan Allen. You think the best player of this whole bunch is Keenan Allen? Oh man! If you had to pick one guy, if you had to pick one guy to this whole. Division. I mean, it comes down to what? Kareem Hunt and Kareem Keenan Hunt Allen, right? and Keenan Allen, yeah. Who are you taking? <sighs> give me Keenan Allen. No, nah, give me Kareem Hunt. All day. Give me Kareem Hunt. Give me Keenan Allen. Just so I can, just so I can all day. be different than you. Love Keenan Allen. Who, Kareem. Who are you selling? Like, who are you selling? Who's the guy you're selling that kind of everybody else kind of likes, you know, still holds? Not, you know, you're not, not, not Jordy Nelson, not Demarius Thomas. Right. But right. Who are you selling on this division? Who are you getting good value at? Melvin I, Gordon. Melvin Gordon? Yeah, it's easy. Yeah, we can kind of back with that. Not as a bad player, but just good value. Get just out good value, you know, just before the knee breaks down and, and stuff like that. And, and again, and, I'm flowing the waters on Tyreek Hill. Yeah. So that's yeah. it. Um, But before we go, Matt. Yes. We said we are going to give T-shirts away. Not one. Not two. But two. But two. Yeah. <laughs> but um, two. <laughs> so we said, hey, jump on the Facebook page. Just get on there and tell us why you like the podcast. We had a lot of feedback on that one. Again, the Facebook page, you can jump on there, uh, dinosaurs.com, click the group chat. There we have it. We have almost 2,500 people from all over the world giving you their opinion on your dynasty team, on the players. You get a post on there. You get 100 different people commenting back. You can put a poll on there. On that there, It's great for polls. Get a couple hundred responses on there. And really level out the playing field to make sure you're making the right moves in your dynasty team. Because, again, all feedback is good feedback. And I said this before where, hey, you might be getting a guy where he has an inside beat just because it's his hometown team. So, And then with the Twitter, it was hashtag 200. So if you're picked as the winner, hit me up. on. If you're on the Facebook, just direct message me. If you're on Twitter, hit me up as well and let me know. I'll put on there as well that you're the winner, and you can let me know what size shirt you wear, and we will send you one in the mail. Because listen here, buddy. Listen here, gal. You're about to get the most comfortable shirt in the world. For free. Your high-five intake is about to be drastically increased. Your one high-five arm is going to be so well worked out but a little sore. I'm sorry, not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. So let's get to it, Matt. Can you get out your... uh, Can you get out your... uh, random number generator it's already up sir all right so i have it here there's 78 entries matt give me a number one through 78 um it it numbers this is kind of funny but number two okay that's good i don't have to count down that far one two ryan riggs 
Congrats, Ryan. You are the winner of a Dynasty Nerds t-shirt. Hit me up on that DM. I'm actually going to write you right now here on Facebook to say you're the winner. Good for you. I'm sure your profile picture looks good. You got some kids up there. Great. Wonderful. Fantastic. Ryan, congratulations. Congrats. Let's move on to the hashtag Nerd 600, shall we? Let's do it. Matthew, give me a number for the Twitter poll. Uh... Number 13. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. It's going to be Drew P. At Michi underscore P. Drew, congratulations, Congratulations, buddy. sir. You won a Dyson Nerds t-shirt. And if you didn't want one, you want to buy one, support the website, support the podcast, support me, support my children, support my wife, pay my gas bill. I'm just kidding. All, this, all the money just goes right to the website. Um. You can buy a fantastic Dynasty Nerds t-shirt on DynastyNerds.com where you should go for all your Dynasty information. We have all kinds of fun articles on there. Our rankings haven't been updated by the other writers because we're revamping our uh, ranking system. Apologize for that. But what a better time to do it than the offseason, am I right? Exactly. Um, And that's it. If you want to give us a rain review, you can do that on iTunes. We appreciate that greatly. It really helps out the podcast in a great way. So if you enjoy the show, just hop on there. It takes about, what, two minutes, Matt? It takes, yeah, two minutes tops. That's the rumor. And again, we'll be back because we're doing two shows this week, fellas, gals. So um, you're surprised on Monday. This second show probably might not come out on Monday. It might come out on Friday. It might come out on Saturday. It might come out on Monday again. You'll never know when it's going to come out. I don't even know when it's going to come out. Because we don't know when it's going to come out yet. I forgot about it last week. I'm like, oh, crap. I wrote Josh. I'm like, dude, you need to get that. we need to put another podcast up. And he's like, and this was like on Saturday. He's like, let's just put up Monday. Like, sounds good to me. Sounds good. So, coming to a podcast near you, oh, so handsome Rich Dotson and his trusty sidekick, Matt. Hideous Matt. <laughs> Talk to you soon. Adios. Ready, set, Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to check us out at DynastyNerds.com for up-to-date Dynasty insight. And follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Nerds.